It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Prescription for a Miracle with your host and spiritual psychologist, Dr. Julianne Blake. Let Dr. Blake help you break through barriers and access your complete and full potential. You can create miracles in your life, whether it's your health, your finances, or your love life. So please welcome the host of Prescription for a Miracle, Dr. Julianne Blake, and become the miracle creator you desire and deserve. Welcome to Prescription for a Miracle with Dr. Julianne Blake. I'm here today. I'm going to be interviewing uh, a leadership professional uh, that I'm so excited to introduce you to. But first, let me remind you about the show and myself and the purpose of all of this. Um, the show is called Prescription for a Miracle. Why is that? Well, you know, most of us don't think we're capable of making miracles. But, you know, as a psychology professional and a health coach, I really know that we are capable of making miracles. I've seen it happen and facilitated, you know, like a like a, uh, someone delivering a baby, really. Um, I've seen it happen and helped people create miracles in their health, including eliminating cancer that was declared life um, terminal, actually, by their doctors. And, you know, that's an exciting adventure. People ask me how I could do such depressing work, and I have to say it's not depressing at all to me. I just find life and energy and fire in the healing process that we're all designed to do. So I'm going to just share with you, just as a psychologist, a world traveler, 
uh, someone who studied alternative medicine and advanced forms of meditation, visualization for healing. I want to share with you the things that I've learned in my journey. Um, you know, the journey is a hero's journey, really, and I see that especially in my guest, Amy Pittman. So we are here to create miracles and make them happen in our own lives. So let me introduce Amy. Um, you know, I just, I'm so intrigued. I can't wait to share her with you. So as a coach, facilitator, and leadership development professional, she's also our fellow human being, Amy knows that true transformation starts with a decision and a dose of courage. She's going to share her journey with us today. And, and her chapter in her book, which we'll, we'll introduce you to today, and she shares how the compounding effects of loss in her own life have become the compost and fertile soil for healing and for personal growth. And she also talks a lot about how the pandemic in particular transformed her practice of self-care into a deeper form of self-love. And you know what? We're all experiencing the challenges of the pandemic. There's isolation and, you know, a lot of apartness and a lot of loss. And many people I know are depressed or anxious and scared about it. And, you know, that's totally normal and understandable. It's a very, very serious and dangerous to some situation that we're in. So first let me welcome Emmy, and then we'll talk about more on the pandemic. Amy, welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, Dr. Julian. Oh, I'm so, so grateful that you could come. I'm very eager to share some of the things that we've talked about. Um, so I would like you to just add anything that I did not cover about yourself. I have to say I have lost my, uh, or my good glasses are not available to me. So I'm like really going from memory. So I'd love you to help me. Um, properly introduce you. Can you can you share anything that I neglected, please? Sure. So I'll share a little bit about my background. So um, I became passionate about the process of transformation as a health and wellness coach, coaching people on their weight loss journey for about a decade. Um, and, you know, even myself going through uh, various life transitions, and you talked about kind of the transforming fire of healing. Um, and most yeah. recently I share in my book that these, these transitions ushered in new healing for me on even deeper levels. So I've watched physical transformations of others, but even in that journey, it's, it's an emotional and uh, emotional transformation and a transformation in our relationship with ourselves that I've seen over the years. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, I've forgotten about the weight loss part and I love I know our audience would love any wisdom you can share about that along the way here. Um, uh, 
I don't I don't want to challenge you right at the beginning, but if there's <laughs> anything, any tips you have to add along the way, that would be wonderful. But I know we need to talk mostly about um, grief, actually, or, you know, the things that come up in the pandemic. Let's start with that. Like, I, I my experience with with clients, friends, everybody I've talked to is just that people are, that there's a, there is a tremendous amount of isolation, which means we have to face ourselves. And uh, that's mm-hmm. a big challenge for a lot of people, isn't it? It is. And um, I know for me, I experienced all those things. And, and the chapter that I write in the book, it's, it's actually called uh, Leading Through the Pandemic heartfelt or heartfelt wisdom from unconventional leaders and so uh, for me it was all about leading myself through this big life transition and actually I described two life transitions that I went through um, in the last probably five years that led me into this pandemic and into another transition and I had experienced grief early on in my life I'd experienced loss um, early on in my life when I was a teenager of loved ones. And I I was surprised that job loss, a layoff in 2017 from this company that I'd been with for nine years, I'd experienced um, an intense amount of grief grief with that. And I started writing a blog (laughs) back then when I was on my own dealing with and trying to process these feelings. I hadn't known anybody else who had gone through a layoff. And so even identifying that it was grief that I was experiencing was new to me. And in the pandemic, going through another layoff, it was another experience of grief. And so anytime you're, you're moving into transition or transformation, it's, it's meeting that grief and learning how to to navigate even just the initial stages of grief, uh, which is, Oh, absolutely, totally. You know, you talk in your chapter in the book about a lot about um, your own grief, your your history with grief, and uh, you know, I wonder if you'd like to share that um, now with our audience and just come. You're you're an expert in vault. Oh, I'm going to ask everybody to hang on for that story because we're going to be taking a short break. <laughs> But when we come back, we're going to get the deeper levels of Amy Pittman leadership development professionals. So please stay tuned. If you seek a courageous advocate, prepare to champion your rights with consumer service agencies that support aging populations. Carol Ann Hamilton is the one for you. Carol Ann is an elder care coach, author, and speaker with a quarter million hours lived experience successfully supporting unculpable aging parents. As a result of a challenging journey, Carol Ann revolutionizes how stressed out caregivers restore serenity to their worlds. She also brings over 25 years of change management expertise in Fortune 500 settings to catalyze urgent transformation within the elder care industry. Carol Ann is a popular speaker at conferences across North America. She has appeared via TV, radio, and print globally. Now you can tune in weekly to get a dose of her inspiration plus down-to-earth advice to cope with even the most difficult aging parents. Listen Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. 
Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. R.C. will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Dr. Julianne Blake here again with Prescription for a Miracle. And we're live on BoldBraveMedia.com and TuneIn Radio. So we're back and I've asked Amy to share some of her deeper experiences with the grief. But first I would like to actually talk with her and ask her to share. She's a stress expert too. Um, and on, on how we recognize signs of stress in other people and in ourselves and since that's a major event in our, all of our lives right now I, I'm like I'm really wanting her to do that but also to talk about the stress that led up to um, the experiences that she's had in her own grief so Amy will you, will you give us some background about stress that led up to your situation here your challenges Yes. Um, so in my chapter, I write about, uh, I actually was midstream through this change that I was in a, a new role and a new job and a new city. And I was finally starting to have consistent performance. And I was really starting to have an impact on the culture for the organization that I was in. Um, and right before the pandemic hit, I worked for a food distributor at the time. And so in our business, we were greatly affected by the pandemic. And so the stress that mounted prior to the, what initiated this next layer of grief for me was a layoff from this organization. It started with a furlough and it turned into a layoff, but it, it was a, a lot of stress actually before, before that actually happened. So I yes. was um, a, a sales and leadership development trainer for them. And so, uh, you know, I had to adapt workshops and activities and onboarding trainings that were scheduled out for months. I had, adapt, I had to adapt them into virtual sessions overnight. And not only that, our, I could just, I could feel the collective panic in a way. So, yeah. we, you know, we've got this, this virus that was uncertain and, and nobody really understood and our businesses were shut down um, for fear of, of the transmittal of the virus. And so immediately we had businesses that they're, they're small businesses, mom and pop restaurants that they, they don't have a lot of cash flow. So disruptions to their service is a big impact on their business. And so I had leaders that were panicking, that were wanting me to keep sales reps busy because they couldn't be out visiting their customers. And meanwhile, they were having to have difficult conversations with their customers about whether or not their business would, would survive. So it was like this, um, I don't know how to explain it other than 
it was almost a frenzied energy and yeah, there, was yeah, a busyness. There, there was a busyness that came from it. And so I know for me, my stress response is usually to overfunction. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in, my, in my world of type A personalities, uh, <laughs> it's this frenzied overfunctioning activity that starts to set in. And so uh-huh. that's, that's how I started recognizing it. And I had to maintain for myself a sense of positivity because I was in a leadership position where I was leading others in that time as well. Wow. Oh, yes. So a ton of stress, which is, you know, just so really actually normal now these days for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. especially those that are getting furloughed and laid off and or have people, friends and relatives and close people or themselves going into the hospital with a very deadly virus. So, you know, I, the, I think it's really so important that we learn to honor ourselves, which, and I love that that's what you focus on, but to, to know how to recognize our own stress and also to see it in other people so that we can be more supportive and we can handle it better and we can assist mm-hmm. in any way possible. So could you talk a little bit about how to recognize stress in other people sure. and ourselves? Yeah, so for us, I mean, it, in my world, it comes out sometimes as aggressive behavior or anger in other people. And yeah. it's really fear. Yeah. It's, a, it's a manifestation of fear, usually. And, yeah. and oftentimes when we're faced with uncertainty or situations we can't control, that's how it comes out initially. And it might yes. sound like a complaint or a blaming or people asking you to take responsibility for things that, that you really have no control over. So in business, in the, in the world of business, or even our families, I, I would imagine, that's yes. initially how it comes across. And so um, it you have to take a step back in a moment. So for me, it was easier at the time to recognize the stress response in others. And for me to almost, it's almost like I slow down in those moments. Mentally, I have to slow down and, and create a pause for myself between what I'm experiencing. Cause I feel it physically. I feel people's energy when, when they get frenzied like that or when they get fearful. And so I have to myself, take a step back, almost a pause and a breath in order to respond instead of react to that. Yes, <laughs> and so yes. in, during the pandemic, it was, I was responding and I was maintaining my composure and putting my energy on other people and responding to their stress. And what yes. happened to me is it was actually more insidious that physically I started taking on my own stress and I started experiencing uh, a lot of stomach and digestive issues. So at first I was noticing their stress response in others and, and tending to them. And yeah. it took probably six weeks for me to see it actually manifesting in myself. You're a caretaker. You're always be easier to focus on other people, right? You know, I want to mm-hmm. just comment that actually, you know, having um, people get angry when underneath is really great fear is very common mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we cover over, our, we hide it from ourselves by being angry, you know, by reacting. And it's a blaming, blaming it on somebody else and getting angry is a way of not having mm-hmm. to feel the fear and face that and do the courageous things that have to be done to actually handle the fear. 
So, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's that's very important. So under when you saw other people's anger, you did eventually come back to yourself. And, uh, and I'd love to hear more about that story, how you actually started to change your own behavior with yourself. Mm-hmm. So it, it, the transformation came for me when I was laid off and, and I was disconnected from the needs of others <laughs> in a way. Like, oh. So I, my real transformation came when, I, when the layoff happened and I actually had time for myself to focus on my self-care routine. Great. You know, we're going to take another short break now, but I want to come back uh, with, with really diving in with Amy into what those self-care routines are and how we can all learn to take better care of ourselves. So please stay tuned. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Dr. Julianne Blake here again with Prescription for a Miracle, and we're live on BoldBraveMedia.com and TuneIn Radio. So I'm back here interviewing uh, leadership professional development expert, um, Miss Amy M. Pittman, who's sharing her experience and her book. So Amy, we're back to talking about the, the um, triggers that came up with, with all the stress in your life before the furlough. <laughs> and I'd love to just mm-hmm. ask you to dive deeper and share um, whatever you wish and are willing to share with our audience about your journey. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so like so many people in the pandemic, I was left without employment. And so the first time I had been laid off in 2017, I was dealing with the grief of, of job loss. You know, I'd worked for a company that I helped build for nine years and it was my baby. And so it was obvious to me that that's where the grief was coming from. And then the second layoff that was precipitated by all the stress of the pandemic and the extra workload that was associated that with that, and then the uncertainty of whether we'd keep our jobs because the industry, the restaurant industry that I was in was suffering so much. Um, yeah. It was this fever pitch of stress. And then it was almost like the world just stopped when I was furloughed. And so I saw it coming but in yeah. my chapter, I talk about how even though I intellectually understood the decision and I, I saw it coming, the, yes. the grief that or the, the, the load of emotions, the variety and the weight of the emotions that hit me when that happened was very shocking and surprising to me. Yes. And so I knew to fall back on my self-care routines because I'd been a health coach for so long. You know, I, uh-huh. had, I had learned that. I had learned that being out in nature, I had learned that physical movement and journaling and being artistic and um, hiking and things like that were parts of my self-care routine meditation. And so, you know, I launched into those things, but I was still shocked by my loss of motivation. I, I would call myself a very disciplined, just generally motivated person. And yeah. so it was, it was just a shock to me how, how overwhelming the emotion was. And so as I took care of myself and allowed myself to slow down and in, just embrace the now, so I went from this, this sheer amount of grief to embracing it and being willing to process it. I started unpacking it and realizing that it wasn't the grief of the layoff that I was experiencing. It was actually childhood abandonment and it was childhood trauma that I thought I had outrun through my achievements in my life that was yes. coming back. That was actually coming up to be healed. You know what? That's so profound. I think, you know, because you're like a type A, like an extrovert and you keep yourself mm-hmm. pushing and running and, uh, and, and ahead of the game, you know, and that's a defense mechanism really that we, we all use to not face the deeper levels. So you took yourself in to face the deeper levels and you found the fear and the childhood abandonment, which, you know, yours is a very poignant story. I'd love you to share that with our audience today because you're, it's so beautiful when you really open yourself up as vulnerably as I've heard you. That would be a gift mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, it's um, it, it takes a lot of courage, and it's strange because other people see me as a courageous and confident person. Yeah, but I'm finding that the vulnerability, <laughs> the vulnerability, is requiring more courage for me than anything else in my life ever has. Like the willingness to. To, to embrace those emotions and to really recognize that there's a little girl that was left behind as a child. Um, there's a little girl that took on way more responsibility than she ever should have at such a very young age. That yes. little girl, I kind of, I'd set her aside as I was trying to prove myself in the world and try to earn my worth in other places. And yes. I don't, I, it, it must be a spiritual thing. I don't know how I knew, but it was like an instinct that right now in this pandemic, in the middle of all these deep emotions, 
um, in the struggle, I was offered the gift of time to really take care of her and to nurture that. Oh, tell us about her. I know, I know a little bit. I'd, re I'd really like um, our listeners to be able to be present with you in that that early yeah, loss. So one of, yeah, um, when I was probably about uh, 11 years old, my my mom left. Uh, so I have an older brother and a sister that's seven years younger. So she was she was a, a child. She was, you know, coming out of being a toddler almost when my mom left. And so um, she was gone. It just, it was a blowout fight that she had with my dad. And I had been living a, a nuclear family experience up until that point. I didn't know that there was trouble. And so to, to, to witness the fight, to watch her leave, and then just not hear anything for a couple years was very confusing. And yes. my yeah, dad absolutely. was an alcoholic. Yeah. So he was, he wasn't a mean drunk, but he, he numbed himself. And so my experience was I'm a very independent person. And so I, I played outside and I was still fairly independent, but it, there was just this quiet confusion um, that set in for years after that. But instinctively, my, my leadership tendencies, <laughs> um, my character yeah. tendencies, whatever you want to call them, took over. And I became a mom to my little sister for a few years until my dad passed away and then my mom had to return and come home and take care of us wow you know that's just that's just so profound and it's to me it just it's just appalling you were really at 11 being a mom to a four-year-old basically mm -hmm. with without any help from the two sort of isolated men in the picture and I mm -hmm. uh, you know I just um I just feel for you I feel great compassion and you know empathy but also admiration for the for the courage and for what you found in yourself to be able to do that I'm, I'm sure your sister is amazingly grateful I hope so anyway um, and mm -hmm. if not I am for her um, but you know it brought you to a, a level of you described it as just not knowing what you did wrong which is very common you know when we something like that happens to especially when we're children we we, we think it's our fault and uh, you know it, say a little bit more about that for you and how you felt about your mom just disappearing on you what did that do to you at the time, I wasn't aware of the impact that it was having on me. Just like the layoff, I was I was more focused on what was outside of me and knowing that she needed care and taking care of her. And we didn't talk about it, so there was no there was no conversation inside the family about what was going on and how I was feeling. And so, okay. um, so for me, it was it, recognizing now that abandonment grief is so different than than like let's say the grief of, of the death of my father, the grief of yeah. being left behind is what showed up in the layoffs. It was being left behind again and again. Yes. Oh. Good. Well, we're going to take another short break and we'll be right back with more to the story. Thank you. Please stay tuned. 
Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interest through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamreg01 at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. This is Prescription for a Miracle with Dr. Julianne Blake. And we're live from BoldBraveMedia.com and TuneIn Radio. So welcome back. We're going to just continue with uh, how, uh, I mean, we're going to hear from Amy first about how do we take care of ourselves when we're just realizing um, that that the effects of an old, loss or traumatic experience are coming up in, a, in response to the pressure, triggers, and stress of right now. So, Amy, please go, go, go take over. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I want to just actually acknowledge you first and say that, you know, this is, Amy's basically sharing what I consider her hero's journey. And it's giving us all, me in particular, but I want to share with all of you, it's like a, a template that she's offering for how we can deal with our own triggers, our own stress, the isolation of the pandemic, whatever's coming up that's, that hurts, you know, that's really uh, painful for us. So please listen with... Uh, that perspective of the hero's journey modeling for us by Amy. Thank you, Amy, so much for your willingness to share your vulnerability and your journey. It's so heroic to me. Thank you. Well, thank you. It, it, it's interesting because I, I feel like what's most interesting as, a, as somebody who's witnessing the hero's journey is the most interesting part is when the hero's back is against the wall and we don't know if they're going to win. And so Uh I I feel like (laughs) 
this, this pandemic and after my layoff and wrestling with this grief and recognizing where this grief was really coming from, it was this, um, it was both a surrender and, and to take action at the same time. And so for me, I, I recognized that I really needed to take care of the little girl that wanted to play. <laughs> yes, and, absolutely. And also, <laughs> absolutely. You know, also, that's, yes. Yeah. And give her a chance to have her feelings because she never really expressed all the complex feelings that she had about what happened. So it was like, writing in my journal and giving myself a chance to really express my anger, my fear, all these other thoughts on one hand. And then on the other hand, like get outside and play and color and draw and do things. So it was this almost duality in the experience that, that came yes. after that. You know, I find that actually really common that we have to both let go and replace, let do, do something, do new things give ourselves that support. So I think that's really brilliant. And I like I'd love to hear you share more of um, what you what kind what kind of art, what kind of journaling. Um, especially journaling because that seems to be a major key for you. And it is. It's a major transformational tool. I've shared about it before, but I have a different system. And I'd love for you to share yours. Yeah, it, it became a ritual for me, and I have found the power in writing. So writing in my, on my blog and now writing this book and writing in my journals, actually both the blog and the book have come from pieces, that collections from my journals in a way. Uh-huh. Um, but this is, the first, this is the first time that I created a discipline and a habit of journaling every single morning uh, for, for three full pages, longhand, and without editing, you know, I allowed myself to have the petty, <laughs> the whiny, yeah. the angry, you know, I didn't force myself to have the optimistic outlook in my journaling. It wasn't to get myself to a certain place. It was to just be. And so um, it evolved That's over great. time and it, it evolved even over the three pages. It would start out really petty and angry and grumpy Um complaining about the construction that was going on across the street for me every morning. And then uh-huh. there was this wise, this wise voice that would show up about two and a half pages in, and I would get clarity almost every day at the end of my session. That's really wonderful. You know what? You were inviting that voice. That's, that's amazing. Sometimes venting. You know, I love how you just let whatever come, you know, the way it is, the the real authentic truth about what's, you know, what's coming to mind. What, however it comes, you know, that's awesome. And what it does is, as you saw, it invites the deeper wisdom. So we really get to hear mm-hmm. from our deep self-conscious self um, about what the truth is, of what's really going on. You learned a lot from it. Can you, will you share some of what you learned? Yeah, I... I... I'm actually kind of grateful in hindsight, having lost these jobs and had kind of a lot of different parts of my identity stripped away. I got to, I got to exist uncensored. You know, I, I got to write in my journal. I got to express myself in ways that weren't um, as an employee of anybody or as, as a daughter of anybody or without a role or without just, just being me and uncensored. 
Um, and, and so I would do that in my journal, but then I also learned a lot about what brings me absolute joy. And there's a little girl, this creative side, a little child inside of all of us that wants to be able to play. And so for me, that turned into chasing waterfalls all over beautiful North Carolina. And um, I even allowed myself to purchase new watercolors and dabble in different forms of art. I'd always been a sketch artist and I I got back to, to some of that as well, but I even allowed myself to explore new forms of art that didn't have a purpose. It wasn't intended to be for anyone or anything. It was just mm-hmm. to create. That's wonderful. You know, I just thought, I love hearing how you share that about there's a little girl in all of us, in, the, in women, you know, there's a child in all of us that just wants to play. And we don't give ourselves enough of that, at least most of us, I don't. And so, and it, no, and I love it too. I just, I just love it. So, hearing about your art, what's the favorite thing you that you ever painted? Mm, so, so a part of this experience was guided through. It's Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way, and I, I had a group of women that I had met in a women's retreat. That during the pandemic, we we came together in a virtual group to have. Uh, this artist way experience. So the two tenets really of the artist way is, is to do this journaling. They call it morning pages every day. And then they uh-huh. give you these prompts to do all of these different art things. And so my favorite part of the experience is at the very end, I used my watercolors. I'd ask each woman in the, in the group what their favorite flower was. And I, I used the watercolors to make a flower for each of them as a parting gift when we were done with the group. Oh, that sounds really fun, exciting, and beautiful. We are going to take another short break. So, and I want to tell you what we're going to share some more about chasing waterfalls and other amazing things you can do to support and bolster and love yourself as soon as we come back. So please stay tuned. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, unlock your full potential with limitless growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and Tune in radio. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. 
Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Hello, Dr. Julianne Blake here on Prescription for a Miracle, and we're coming live on BoldBraveMedia.com and TuneIn Radio. And we're back to talking about ways that we can take care of ourselves in times of stress and isolation of the pandemic and what, you know, what we can do. And Amy just shared about journaling, a beautiful way. There's a lot of ways to journaling, but what she shared was gorgeous because it's a way of just letting yourself what, express whatever comes to mind and then, and then waiting. If you do it long enough for her, it was two and a half minutes, you get to the deeper wisdom of your own unconscious and subconscious telling you where to go next and where your strength is and what your true purpose is. So give that a shot. There's also everything. Um, We talked about art. And so you can try new arts if you're good. Already do do whatever you love. That is what will be most loving to you. So I do watercolors too, and I just love it. Am I good at it? Not particularly. Once in a while. <laughs> but, uh, and I sketch also, and I love that. I'm a, and I'm a dancer. Many of you know I just love to dance. But, you know, I don't have good legs right now. They don't hold me up. So I've learned how to adjust and dance in my chair, in my bed, anywhere that I am. I do it. I dance washing the dishes. Whatever is fun and easy and simple and fulfilling for you is great. Now, one of the things that I love talking with Amy is she used the words chasing waterfalls. And you know what? I've loved waterfalls more than almost anything else since I was a kid, too, and have been on some amazing amazing hiking adventures. But I'm going to have... Amy, tell a story about her waterfall adventures for you now, and then we'll talk about some other ways to take care of ourselves. Okay? Amy, chasing waterfalls, you're on. Yes, I can just hear the the joy in your voice as you're talking about these experiences, too. And um, I, I learned that hiking was was a healing thing for me actually when I was living in Southern California and I had gone through the first job layoff and so moving here to North Carolina I found out that we had just waterfalls everywhere so I ended up collecting probably about a dozen different waterfall hikes during the pandemic but I think the funnier story or the better story is the hike that I went on um, with one of my girlfriends during the first layoff and it's called Zion National park and the hike is angels landing so if anybody's ever heard of it this this narrow part of the the path that there's thousand foot drop offs on either side and so i was i'm afraid of heights and so 
so I went on and was doing research when my friend said she wanted to do this hike, and they're saying if you're afraid of hikes or heights, this is not the hike for you to, to, to test that out. And so she, she's all excited about it, and she's heard all these great things, and there's beautiful pictures from, from the park. And I was like, you know, I don't think I, this is right. I don't think I can do it. And then I came across a video um, of a, a little child, probably about eight years old, on the hike. And I was like, okay, if this child can do it, then it's physically cap- I'm physically capable of it, and then it's just <laughs> fear. It's really just my mind that's getting in the way. And so we ended up doing this hike, and I was not anticipating the spiritual experience that I would have. I was trudging up the hike, and then I think we had talked before. It was I'm trudging up wondering how people are doing it and trying to keep my mind right and trying to keep the fear away. And then I'm watching these people bounce down the back down the trail in joy. And, and once I got up there, I was that person that was, was bouncing back down. So I, I know you said that you had had an experience like that too, where you'd been out on a, on a, a difficult hiker or something like that. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. I actually, you know, I'm not a hiker. I never, I never was. When I was a kid, I mean, you know, 10 years old, I, I would go, we would, we would climb to 3,000 feet, maybe 4,000 max, I don't think so, I think about 3,000 max um, feet to just pick blueberries and, you know, have a picnic. And, you know, uh, and I love doing that because I love blueberries, but I was never the first one up or the fastest or any of that. It was, you know, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, something to get blueberries but I want to tell you this story being not being a hiker not an athlete I'm a dancer but not but not an athlete I never I never was uh, good at sports and so but you know when I was on my spiritual quest I actually I learned uh, several different places that if you climb to above 17,000 feet you experience a change in consciousness. And that's what I wanted. I really wanted it. I wanted it enough that I was willing to do anything. So I went um, to the Himalayas and I went, uh, I met a man who said, okay, well, I can, you know, I can, I'll take you. And um, I said, okay, I'm going to go. And you know what? I would have been terrified if I didn't have something I wanted so much. So that, I just want to share that it's that kind of commitment that it mm-hmm. gets you to keep going even when you're scared. Like it, it, it keeps you going. And so I actually never having been higher than about 6,000 feet and not, and I didn't walk that, that one. Um, I determined, I was determined I was going to get above 17,000 feet, and I did, you know, I started off slow, and he'd say to me, I mean, I started off, like, running for a while, and then collapsing, and he said, you know what, that's not going to work, you got to learn the slow and steady thing, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, so I, so I just kept going, you know, and I did, I did get over an 18,000 foot pass, and you know what? I was bouncing coming down too. I was like so yeah. <laughs> happy. It was an incredibly powerful experience for me. And the fact that I did it 
was awesome to me too. So I just wanted to share that and say, you know, whatever it is for you, be committed and be be loving. Do it for because you want to. And so we are going to take a short break now. We'll be right back um, with some with some final how to get what you want tips. Please stay tuned. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe Tashandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists, and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. We are live on BoldBraveMedia.com and TuneIn Radio. And this is Dr. Julianne Blake on Prescription for a Miracle. We're um, winding up an interview with Amy M. Pittman, who is a professional uh, expert in um, leadership and management. And so... You know, Amy has just shared with us an incredibly vulnerable trauma and transformation of her own. And uh, I'm going to ask her to share about her book and where you can get it. And any final comments that you have, Amy, that you would like to leave our audience with? Yes. So the book is Leading Through the Pandemic. Uh, unconventional wisdom from heartfelt leaders. And so uh, it's a combination of myself and um, about 24 other authors who share our differences in experiences leading ourselves and organizations and our businesses uh, throughout this pandemic that we just experienced. So it is actually officially an international bestseller on Amazon. Uh, So you can get the book on Amazon, either a digital copy, copy or paperback. And then you can also oh. find my blog, which is more stories about my, my hiking, my, my job <laughs> losses, all the things. So the blog is actually whatwouldhavegrownupdo.com. Oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's celebrating the child, right? Uh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> so wonderful. Leading through the pandemic. On Amazon, yes. fantastic international bestseller. Congratulations, that's beautiful. Well, you know we've shared um, a lot of tips about getting taking care of ourselves in this stressful time of this pandemic, where so many changes are happening to many of us, both in health, money, and likely relationships as well. As a result. So please take the time to take care of yourself and love yourself and practice 
some of the things that we've shared to take care of the child, the child within you that's been so hurt. Um, this, this, this little child in all of us has, you know, has deep traumas buried in there. And one of the things that Amy shared, you know, journaling can take you down to the parts of you that know how to fix that, how to heal you, how to let you experience being loved and cared for and valued because that's what all of us need. That's what all of the little children need. And you know, we're all one of them. Let's be loving and kind with ourselves and take take ourselves to the next level of our own growth and our own involvement through taking good care of ourselves and through knowing and experiencing being really loved. I want you all to know that you are loved. I totally love you and I'd love to invite you to call me and let's talk just for a few minutes. I'll answer any, any question you have and not, I'm not selling anything. I would love to hear from you, your challenges and what you want. Uh, please, please go to myjoydoctor.com myjoydoctor.com and just put in uh, your email or phone number for a text and let me know and I would love to meet with you. And so please, in the meantime, all the best from both of us uh, and know that you are loved. Amy's going to end with a quote. Please, Amy. Yes. So I love Brene Brown and all the things. And so uh, the quote that I share in my chapter in the book is, to be human is to be vulnerable. To be a leader is to be vulnerable every day, every moment. That's leadership. Thank you so much, and we love you. This has been Prescription for a Miracle with host Dr. Julianne Blake. Join us each week as Dr. Blake empowers you to discover your miracle. Right here on Dr. Julianne Blake's Prescription for a Miracle. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. 
product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.